and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, sounds of the week right there, brought to you by our friends at Jimmy's Flowers. Valentine's Day is coming. You gotta be, uh, you gotta be ready. And flowers, of course, make the perfect gift Place your order today at Jimmy's Flowers. Schedule it for delivery. Jimmy's is truly the best. Locations in Ogden, Layton, and Bountiful. Also, jimmysflowers.com. That's Jimmy's Flowers. Live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Come by and see us. Gordon, we're going to talk to Howard Beck coming up here momentarily. Uh, Curious to get Howard's uh, take on the exchange with TNT and and Donovan Mitchell last night. Get kind of a national, uh, from a distance perspective on this story. Well, he is he is such a well reasoned man that I'm sure he'll he'll talk some sense. So that, that's what I'm looking forward to, and that's what I always look forward to when we talk with Howard. I mean, he is he is one of my favorite guests that we have, and uh, he's very knowledgeable. He is well reasoned. That's a good way to describe Howard. <laughs> he's always been very well reasoned. I agree with that. <laughs> Are you well reasoned? No, no, absolutely not. Uh, Let's get to it. In fact, Austin, hit the open. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Howard, I've got to admit I'm a little jealous because Gordon just called you well-reasoned, and he's never said anything that nice to me. Wow. Well, um, thank you, Gordon. Uh, I'm sorry, Jake. And I think, you know, look, that's the price of, of being, um, like, co-hosts, right? Like, I've got to take that kind of stuff from Mannix on a regular basis, and that's what you guys have to deal with with each other, right? So, like, that's just that's what happens when you co-host a show. Like, you're never going to get the respect you deserve from your co-host. It's just it's the price we pay. Ain't that the truth. I'll tell you what. Well, <laughs> Howard, thanks for we, jumping on. Maybe we should trade. I'll send you Mannix for Gordon. A deal. Uh, let's make it at least just at least just for like a week or two, Howard. You know, just just to change it up a little bit. I'm in. All right. Howard, J- Jake will take that every time. I think. <laughs> uh, Howard, let's let's start out. Uh, I uh, I'm I'm sure you've heard by now because it's kind of gone nuts in the in the Twitter sphere. If you didn't watch it live, but TNT talked a lot about Donovan Mitchell last night, and specifically Shaq talking about he doesn't think that Donovan. Uh, is good enough to take the Jazz to the next level. Donovan, of course, responded in that interview with just kind of a "ite," and then uh, it's it went viral since. Give us your kind of take on that exchange between those two, and uh, what you think of Shaq's opinion. So I watched it live, and I had a feeling you guys would bring this up tonight. And I was thinking about this earlier and anticipating that you would bring it up. And I'm going to answer your question with a question um, to start, which is, has Shaq talked about this before? Because I feel like I was missing some context. Like, he didn't say to Donovan last night, hey, you, you, you can't carry the Jazz to championship level because of X, Y, Z. 
he just kind of said, this is something that I've said, and I want to know what your response is. And that's when he did the, you know, okay. Um, but I, I felt like I was missing something. So you guys tell me, since you obviously don't miss anything regarding the Jazz and anything anybody says about them, is, was there something that Shaq had said earlier on the show last night, uh, previous weeks, previous months? Like, wh- what am I missing here? Well, at halftime, they had talked about it, and I was working on a radio broadcast, so I didn't. Uh, I got the replay of it, but uh, basically, they said he's kind of at a volume shooter, scorer kind of, and doesn't do enough of the other stuff. They mentioned that he's only had one ten rebound game and one ten assist game, and they implied basically that his his skill set was somewhat limited. Gordon, am I representing that all right? Yeah, I think the word they use is one-dimensional. And Kenny had brought it up, Howard, uh, as he was talking about what what the greats have to be able to do. And he said there were like six categories, and they needed to have uh, more than two of them in order to fit the category that they – I mean, the classification that they were talking about. So, I mean, it's, it's, in some respects – the way they approached it, Howard, I thought was accurate because Donovan does need to get better if he wants to lead the Jazz, and and I get all that. But it just seemed like a weird way for Shaq. He was he was he posing a question by making a declarative statement. Was he trying to antagonize Donovan? Was he trying to motivate him with some sort of Shaq Fu mysterious kind of <laughs> technique? Uh, it, it was yeah. just I, I couldn't tell. Could you? No, no. Um, I and, and I had missed halftime, so I, I I knew there had to be some other piece there because it seemed it seemed very um, kind of out of left field. I mean, it was just lacking context or detail. And so I'm like, well, if you're going to criticize him and tell him that, which I think is fun, listen, that that that's the the upfront thing to do. If you're going to say it on the broadcast, you might as well say that you've said it to him and see what he said and, and, and see what his response is. But um, it would have been better. I'm going to critique Shaq's interviewing techniques now, I guess. Um, I think I'm qualified to do that. Uh, I, 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 you know, if you're going to say that to Donovan Mitchell on live TV, then at least lay out what the case is for him not being good enough. Say, listen, mm. we were talking about this on the broadcast tonight, and we don't think that you are the one to lead the Chaz to the championship because we think you're missing X, Y, Z. At least that would have given Donovan a, a, a chance to answer constructively and 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 to their point so you know i i thought i thought that was you know instead you had that that awkward moment right which which i don't think put anybody in, in a good life in particular um but i think donovan handled it well ultimately by just saying listen i've always gotten better i'm going to keep getting better and i think that's accurate like you look at, at his his numbers especially this year i mean he's shooting 40 percent from three for the first time in his career and his three-point percentage has gone up every year, and that had been somewhat of a concern at times. Um, you know, his assist rate has steadily climbed. His scoring has climbed. His efficiency is better. So, you know, uh, what, 24 years old? I, I, I don't think he's uh, by far a finished product. And most of the greats in this league, you know, they will continually work on their game, bring something new to the table every season, and – like they don't all do that, right? Like some guys will plateau early. Donovan Mitchell has never struck me as the kind of guy who gets complacent or is is, is content to just kind of be on cruise control and like, okay, I'm just going to put up some some numbers. He's never struck me as that kind of player. So I I think that that is would be uh, an inaccurate read of him by by Shaquille. 
I think your Joey, take there, Howard, Howard, is really on target because that's what I thought. I thought it was just premature, you know. I mean, how long how long did it take Shaq to get to a, to win a title? I think it was like eight seasons, wasn't it? And, and Charles never has won one, and so I thought, kid's twenty four years old, he's still getting better. Uh, it, it, it you don't need to make a declarative statement like that unless you're trying to prove something, which may have been his motivation. And we're talking about him today, so I don't know if that was he was trying to spark interest. I, I, I just don't know what he was doing or or what. But I do understand that uh, players, if you're going to talk about a guy who is is talented enough to take a team to 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 the mountaintop then you're talking about a handful of guys and it's pretty it's a pretty steep standard to be measured by yeah and, and listen um you know how many guys in the league would we identify right now and say that guy and nobody does it single-handedly that's always an oversimplification but how many guys would we point to and say that guy could almost single-handedly uh win a title or put his team in contention because their like their talent is is so immense that um, that just having them means you're in the running. And it's LeBron, it's Kevin Durant, it's Kawhi Leonard, maybe a couple others. It's not that many. You know, the next tier or or, or a couple of tiers of guys is, is pretty big. And, and Donovan is somewhere in one of those tiers. But that's not an insult. That's not a slight. And it's not to say that he can't get to the top tier. But that top tier is guys who have, you know, mo- most of the guys who have already won it, and that's how we know they can do it. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, you know, they're also all older than that. So, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a ridiculous standard to hold anybody to. And especially, again, when you're talking about a young star who's 24 years old, as Donovan Mitchell is, and who has done nothing but work his butt off and get better every season, I'm going to say that it's way too soon to say that he can't lead a team to the title. And, you know, that said – you know, the Jazz is currently constructed a contender. I'm not sold. Um, again, that's not a slight. It, it has more to do with the, the, the teams that are, you know, that they're having to go through and the talent level on those teams. But, you know, you could say that about a lot of teams in the league. And there are a lot of teams that are still maybe a player away or a couple of tweaks away. And so, you know, if the Jazz don't win it all this season, um, let's just uh, agree that it doesn't make Shaquille right. <laughs> He's still wrong for for uh, for taking that, that line, I think. He is Howard Beck from Sports Illustrated with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Howard, uh, Joe Ingles was on our station this morning, and he was laughing about this a little bit. And I, I got to admit, I thought about it. The timing of TNT having this conversation is really interesting because Donovan Mitchell had one heck of a game last night, and the Jazz are on fire. They're playing great basketball. They're making threes at a historic rate. And uh, they're the only team right now, Howard, taking over 43s per game and making 40% of them. Um, you talked about it a little bit there, but how do you think uh, – comment on how the Jazz are playing right now because they've got the longest winning streak in the league. Yeah, no, they're, they're – obviously they're looking great. And um, I, I feel like like this is – it's you know, it's funny. Like in a normal year – um, you know, the first couple of uh, you know weeks or months, you guys, you were all talking. We're talking about they're struggling, and then it's like I think it's usually right right around now when they take off, right? Except that normally this is this this is coming up on midseason as opposed to you know week five. <laughs> um, but I feel like this is like their usual, and, and maybe I'm wrong on the timing, but I feel like it's the the, the, the big, it's January where they kind of get on a roll every year. Um, 
No, I, I think this is this is real. It's sustainable. Um, it's been an impressive run. You know, I mean, it, it starts with a road victory at, at Milwaukee, and you know, like the the Bucks, as we know, that's one of the teams that is still you know uh, you know in the running for for the championship this season, as they have been the last couple of years. Um, you know, beating the Nuggets along the way, even though the Nuggets haven't been you know as as good as they were last season. There's some signature wins in there, and that's always what I look for. It's not just as a team on a roll, but, like, you know, how are they playing and who are they beating? What's the quality of the opponent? Um, again, Pelicans not having a great season so far, but that's a team with plenty of talent, and beating them back-to-back means something. So um, I, I, I like where the Jazz are right now. Howard, you said you're not completely sold on them, and I, I can understand that. My question, let me expand that a little bit. How difficult is it for a team that doesn't have LeBron on it or doesn't have Kawhi on it or doesn't have Kevin Durant on it to to really challenge for a title? I mean, let's say that Mike Conley plays great, and he is playing great right now. And let's say Bogdanovich is healthy and hitting his shots. And let's say that Rudy Gobert is dominant on the defensive end and really helping the, the team out. And, and Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are teaming up and doing all these wonderful things. Even though they don't have a LeBron on the squad or any team doesn't have LeBron, can they win a title or can they contend for a title doing it the way the Detroit Pistons did back in 04? Right. And, you know, it, it's it, like that last part, Gordon, it, like it says so much. We have to reach back 15 years, uh, excuse me, 17 years. My math sucks. 17 <laughs> years. Also, I'm getting old, and I don't want it to be that long ago because I covered that series. That was my last year, my last year covering the Lakers. Um, we have to reach back 17 years to find that. Now, the, the Mavericks in 2011 are kind of a version of that too. Um, they, you know, they had Dirk, who's a Hall of Famer, but you know he was surrounded by guys. Even though Kid's a Hall of Famer, Kid was like you know nearing the end of his career. It was Dirk and a bunch of guys. Um, the Pistons were just this great collection of guys who. You know, let's face it, they hadn't gotten their due up until then, so they were underestimated. But, you know, there's some substantial talent on that team, but not the kind of talent that we usually think of, the Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen level, the Shaq and Kobe level, the Durant and Steph Curry level, the LeBron and, and AD level. There aren't that many examples of, of, of the 2004 Pistons, and that's why we always cite them. And so I'm always hopeful and always looking for teams to find – this alternate formula because because as i said earlier in the call there are only a handful of guys the lebrons kds steph curry's hardens whoever who can be elite at that level and almost single-handedly carry a team everybody else is having to figure out well if i can get two all-stars who are at the next tier or if i can just get an incredibly deep roster like i don't know what that formula is but everybody you know 25 teams in any given season of 2025 are trying to find it because they're saying, well, I, I don't have LeBron and I can't get him. I don't have Kawhi. I don't have KD. I can't get them. What's my alternative? How, how do I build the antidote to, to these all timers? And so, um, okay. So here's a starting point for the jazz. We, we don't have LeBron and we don't have Kawhi and we don't have AD and we don't have Paul George. And those are the two teams we got to go through. I think the next step is then, well, um, can we assemble the guys who will have the offensive firepower to at least try to match that? And then do we have the defenders to make 
it at least more difficult for Kawhi or Paul George or LeBron or Anthony Davis. And that's where it gets tougher because Utah's a really good team that against, you know, 90% of the league has a chance in a best-of-seven series. But do they have a chance against LeBron and AD? Do they have a chance against Kawhi and Paul George? I don't know if they have the right uh, defenders, uh, the right personnel to, to to throttle those guys, and nobody, you know, basically nobody does. But the, the the key is if you can just make LeBron more inefficient, if you can make Kawhi or Paul George more inefficient, if you can, you know, like obviously the Nuggets did it to the Clippers last year, then you've got a shot. Um, so, and we see this over the years, right? Like teams will start, we'll try to actually load up on like, well, can we find a bunch of bodies, different bodies that we can throw at LeBron? Can we find a bunch of different bodies back in the day to throw at Shaq and, and beat him up? That's sometimes the strategy. Um, I don't know that the Jazz have that to deal with the the Lakers and Clippers stars, and that's that's the difficulty. But again, that's not just their burden to bear; that's everybody's. Howard, uh, you're always a highlight of our week. Thank you very much for dropping by, and we'll catch you next week. Appreciate it, fellas. Talk to you then. Thank you, Howard. Our friend Howard Beck, uh, from senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, and we didn't get an opportunity to ask him kind of around the rest of the league, Gordon, but that, I think that's because the Jazz are kind of the story of the NBA right now in a variety of ways. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, he is well-reasoned, isn't he, though, by the way? Um, yeah, the, the Jazz are playing really well, and we'll see what happens as they face continue to face teams that aren't uh, – aren't, uh, you know, middle-tier teams or lesser teams. We saw what they did against the Clippers. We saw what they did against the Bucks. So we'll see if they can continue this. Well, they they have the Warriors next, and then they have the Knicks, I believe, don't they? Yep. Uh, so we'll see where they go from, from there. But right now, they are playing basketball the way Quinn Snyder is drawing it up. And that if they do that – they're going to have a really good year. And I could see them finishing third in the West, and I don't think that's anything to apologize for. Now, can they beat the Lakers? Uh, I agree with Howard. I think that's, that's, a, that's a tough thing to do. Uh, is it impossible? I've been shocked before. Uh, are, they, uh, are they the equal of the Clippers? Um, potentially. Well, if they're not, then what the heck are we doing? We're straightening deck chairs on the Titanic here, you know? I think that, that that's the important part of what this season is about for the Jazz, to see if they can grow into those shoes, to see if they can do that. And that's why it's so stupid right now to say uh, Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert isn't good enough. They aren't. Their stardom isn't uh, good enough to be able to compete with these other. If that's the case, and you can make that statement right now, then what the hell's the season for? Meantime, we've seen progression from the Jazz. We saw what happened with Mike Conley, for instance, last year, and how he has improved and fit in better this year, and how the team has benefited from that. We've seen that Donovan Mitchell has the potential to be a, a, a real, a, a, an authentic star. We've seen the effect that Rudy Gobert can have. We've seen the effect that Jordan Clarkson can have on a game to help boost, boost that bench. I mean, I don't know how far they can go, but I'm not going to sit here and go, ah, well, here it is. Here we are in January, and the Jazz uh, just aren't good enough. Oh, well, okay. That's it. That's, I think it's just a dumb way to look at it. 
We're coming at you live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West, their Salt Lake location. Of course, they've got their Orem location as well, 86 East University Parkway. Christopher jumping on with us once again, filling in admirably for his dad today. Can't spit that word out, Christopher. I should pick a different word. Uh, But let's boom out some deals, shall we? We shall. Uh, We've been talking a lot about king adjustable beds. Let's move down. If you want to save a little more bang for your buck, want to be a little more frugal, maybe you got a college student coming back, and you're wanting to buy a queen bed, let me give you a deal. If you want to buy a queen bed, we'll give you the same price as our competitors, but we'll throw in an adjustable base for you. Wow. So we're talking a head up a foot-up adjustable base, and take your pick. Gel-infused memory foam or hybrid spring-width memory foam mattress in a queen for eight ninety nine. Eight ninety nine. Eight ninety nine. dollars 99 Less than a grand? Like Less than a grand. You wow. can get your college student, your, or if you want to surprise your honey, you're sleeping in a queen already, you can get a new bed for eight ninety nine. And you guys do delivery and setup, right? We do do delivery and setup anywhere in Davis, Salt Lake, or Utah County. Delivery and setup for seventy. Five bucks. And now that's incredible. Just to put it in perspective, uh, guys down the road, what uh, was that cost? I went in the other day, just kind of sleuth. Don't tell my dad I did that. All right. One fifty at one place, two twenty-five at another place, and one seventy-five at another place. So you're you're saving literally hundreds of dollars. Come here, we'll save you a ton of money. That's what you guys do. Boom. Thanks, Christopher. Appreciate you. It's the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West, also 86 East, University Parkway. More big shows straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is the big show presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Live today from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Don't forget about their Orem location as well, 86 East University Parkway. We've got the uh, uh, Not Sportsport coming up at uh, 450. Uh, Gordon, I noticed you you participated the other day in uh, Whole World News. Uh, did... did uh, was there some familiarity there? Did you bark at Scotty for, for stealing your bit? Uh, that did come up in the conversation. But then Scotty claimed uh, he deserved credit for actually coming up with the Not Sports Report, even though my version of it is a tad bit different than his vision for it. Uh, but uh, And then I reminded him that you and I back in the day had something similar that uh, was pretty much, well, pretty much the same thing back before he stole it from someone else so anyway whatever it was it was fun i I like the whole world news it's fine i mean yeah it's there's no there's no greater form of flattery than being imitated right i see uh gordon doug hitting on college basketball real quick here byu um smashed portland last night uh 95 to 67 but the aggies the red hot aggies uh, fall short against Colorado State, uh, eighty-four to to seventy-six. Is this um, is this changing your perspective uh, perspective or expectation for the Aggies? 
No, because I think of the regular season in college basketball, it's there. There are some ebbs and flows. You know, maybe did we put the whammy on Craig Smith? Did we? Did did we curse yeah. him, having him on the show, and uh, uh, and complimenting him on how uh, much he's winning up there? <laughs> maybe we did. We didn't mean to, but uh, maybe we did. Now I, I I think a team can can power through that, and uh, it's a matter of getting hot at the right time. And we've seen that with the Aggies in the past when they've been able to perform in tournament settings. Are there going to be tournaments this year? Yeah. I, Scotty was talking the other day. They're, they're, I think the Mountain West is still planning on playing in Vegas. So I, I haven't heard anything from the, the Pac-12 or the WCC. But, yeah, I think that's the plan. I thought there was a move by coaches. or Coaches are not in favor of it or something crazy like that. I read somewhere. Uh, sorry, I don't have the details on that. But... Uh, it is it is quite a peculiar year. Everybody knows that, and uh, that that has had a major impact on what's going on on the college basketball scene. But really, uh, I think I think Utah State will be okay. Well, they're going to have some other opportunities for quality wins. That's the the Mountain West um, is, is a good league. They have more better teams uh, than the WCC. That's the that's the hard part with with BYU's college basketball team. I I would think is that you really only have so many opportunities to prove your worth to the selection committee uh, to get an at large bid, and it's not looking likely that BYU is going to win the WCC tournament anytime soon. So you're you're uh, dependent on that committee's opinion of you, and you only have so many opportunities to prove yourself. I mean, you know, look at that Portland team, uh, Gordon, and BYU struggled uh, with them a little bit in the first half and then ended up really demolishing them in the second. They scored, what, over 50 points in the second half? I mean, they they really turned it up. But they, they have no choice but to smash these teams. You know, yeah. they, they, there's a lot it's, of pressure there where you can't stub your toe. You've got to you've got to go out and beat the tar out of these teams and then uh, prepare for the few quality opponents that you do have. Boy, that sure sounds like we're talking about BYU's football season, doesn't it? It does a little bit. In a, <laughs> we in said a, the for, same exact thing about BYU's football schedule. For but, really different reasons, though, because this is a permanent problem for the basketball. Right. Team. And BYU beat Gonzaga last year, uh, but uh, that's not going to happen this year. It's just not going to happen. Gonzaga is too good. I guess it could happen. I mean, Villanova did beat Georgetown back in the 80s or whenever that was, and that was that was shocking. Uh, Chaminade did beat uh, the Virginia Cavaliers, and I'm, I'm Ralph Sampson led, and I'm sure there have been a zillion upsets since, but... Uh, it can happen, but it's not going to happen. That's the way I would guess it. And so, yeah, so BYU needs to take advantage of its opportunities against lesser teams and uh, show a little something to the uh, to the selection turn- uh, committee. So we'll see if that happens. I think BYU is pretty good. I mean, they're not at Gonzaga's level, but who is? Yeah, I think BYU is pretty good, too. I mean, they're they're easily the second-best team in that league. But how many, it's, it's, again, the problem when you're the West Coast Conference, you don't get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the selection committee on how many, you know, spots you're going to get. What was it? Uh, the, well, let me, let me put it this way. The Pac-12 can be a subpar basketball league, and they're still going to get four teams in, right, or five teams in because they're the Pac-12 and have that rep. The WCC, you know, they're a one, maybe two uh, – special season three team you know three bid league you're not automatically like oh well it's the acc so at least six teams are getting in 
You know, and it's 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 a tough spot, and it kind of points out the imperfection of even the college basketball. I know everybody loves it because everybody has an opportunity or whatever, but you're still relying on the opinion of a room full of self-interested athletic directors. <laughs> you this know is what true. I mean? However, I think Gonzaga, in a year like this, Gonzaga is so good that there's no shame in BYU not getting the automatic bid. Uh, and, and I think everybody knows that. So that might actually work in BYU's favor. Well, I think most years there's no shame in getting the automatic bid because everybody just assumes Gonzaga's good. But it's the it's the do you get the benefit of the doubt when you don't? You know, you, you don't get the automatic bid. Do you get the benefit of the doubt? In the old Mountain West days, Gordon, uh, you know, Utah didn't win the Mountain West Conference Tournament well. They were still going no matter what because the Mountain West at the time yeah. was a two, three, three, maybe four bid league. Mm-hmm. So it it's and I don't know what would you say the Mountain West is now usually a two three bid league usually they get at Maybe. least two teams in, in that yeah in that neighborhood you know the the there's a lot of argument that the WCC should be a one bid league in fact the last how many times BYU's gotten into the tournament they're they're stuck in Dayton <laughs> yeah but they're still getting in the tournament. But that stuff matters. The, the the seating matters, you know. Oh, Pull, yeah, those does. play-in games, that matters. You have to go from Dayton or wherever it is the location and play an extra game, you know. It's who do you get if you do get out of the first round, who do you get in the second round? Are you automatically seeing a number one seed because the highest at-large seed you can possibly get is a, is an eight, you know? Well, this is just this is part of the game that BYU has to play because they are the ones who decided to play basketball in that league. So that's just the way it is. But I don't think it's as quite as bleak as what you're making it out to be because Gonzaga has been so consistently good. And in a year like this where they're impossibly good, that uh, if BYU doesn't win the, the tournament, which uh, they're not going to – they never have, have they? No. I don't think BYU ever has won it. So, so it's uh, – there that's are ways for them to, to get in even if they don't. But that's because Gonzaga's won it every year but one. St. Mary's <laughs> randomly got it, what, two years ago, three years ago, maybe? I, I, I'd have to go back team, and look. With that look team with up, a bunch of Australians on it? Isn't that that team every year? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, yeah. That's that's kind of become their thing. But, um, you know, it's the, the problem is, and this has been, I remember speaking of the West Coast Conference Tournament, I remember covering uh, a, a post game where Mark Few absolutely went scorched earth on the rest of the league about how they have to get better. And how they have to invest into their programs and they have to get better because they're dragging BYU, Gonzaga, and and St. Mary's down because they're so bad. And that that is totally true. You know, if there were five or six good teams in the WCC, maybe then they would be a two, three bid tournament or a bid league every single year. Right. But there's just not there's there's two, maybe three teams every year. And then the rest of the league is not only below average, but way below average. And so there's two components to that. One is, will it keep you from getting into the dance? Uh, Second is, will you be properly prepared if you do get in? And, you know, I, I don't know. There are questions about both of those issues. And of course, if there are six great teams in the league, BYU might finish fourth and not get into the tournament. So, I mean, pick your poison. Austin just sent me a really interesting table. Uh, Championship game teams, win or loss uh, in the West Coast Conference Championship. Gonzaga has been in that championship game 26 times. 
They have 18 <laughs> wins and eight losses. And I wonder how many of those eight losses are in the last 20 years, too, because it's only like two. Uh, St. Mary's been in 13 times, four wins, nine losses. That's because they lose to Gonzaga every year in the final. Uh, but BYU, they've been in that championship game three times, and they've lost all three games. Mm-hmm. And all three of which to Gonzaga. Yep, they're just not as good as the Zags, and that's <laughs> pretty hard to argue. Um so they're in a really weird situation, like you talked about, where they have one behemoth in the league, and then they fall somewhere after that. Well, they have and, one behemoth. They have two good programs. BYU yeah. and St. Mary's are good programs. But then right. the rest is not just kind of average. The rest is garbage. That's the that's the that's where the, the rub is, right? You don't have uh, – who's a, a – good solid example of a middle of the pack mountain west team you don't have like a nevada you know Mm. or a unlv Mm. you know these these teams that are good teams and good programs just not elite every single year you know the the middle of the road where you Mm. when you beat them you still highlight that on the resume bam win over unlv and and i wonder if it runs deeper than that jake i wonder if it's beyond just just what opportunities are created. I wonder what the overall effect on a basketball team is. As far as preparation, if they do get in, how tough are they? How uh, battle-tested are they? How, how ready are they to, to, uh, to, to make some progress in the NCAA tournament? I really think BYU's team last year could have done it. You and I have talked about that before. Uh, but, but I believe that team is good enough to make the Sweet 16 or had a chance to do so. Uh, they didn't get that opportunity, and so that's the way it goes. But uh, uh, it's been it's been more the exception than the rule. I think the effect, Gordon, uh, of it really. Um, I'm not sure about getting to the tournament prepared. You you probably have a point there, but I think the big effect of it is is recruiting 100. percent And Tim Lacombe talked a little bit about this when he was filling in with Scotty the other day, that they lost guys because the guys looked at the gyms and the opponents and said, no, thanks. They said, no, I want to go play big-time basketball, or I want to go. Well, is, is the know. Mountain West big-time? Well, when you're playing in uh, raucous environments like the Pit and UNLV mm-hmm. and San Diego State and the Spectrum at Utah State, and I, I don't know, I haven't covered a game at Nevada, Reno, so I'm not sure exactly what their reputation is, but I'm guessing that uh, they've got more support than Portland. Well, it, it hasn't seemed to have a, a negative effect on Gonzaga. And yeah, but I see. I think Gonzaga is a different animal because of what few is able to sell. Like BYU is not Gonzaga. You know, they don't have the right. But they the, had to the become run. Gonzaga. They had to. They how did they get there? And would that be possible for BYU to do? Well, I, to, I, to I, quote I, Kevin look, Garnett, anything's possible. And yes, well, Gonzaga had to build it from somewhere. But I mean, UNLV when they were in the Big West with Larry Johnson and Stacey Ogman, that was an awful league. But they were able to build it because Tark uh, was a creative recruiter. <laughs> and maybe Few is a bit of a, a creative re- uh, recruiter, you know. But now, you're, not throwing, I think, you're not throwing accusations at the Holy Bulldogs, are you? I said creative recruiter. You can you can read into that what you will. But I think they're the exception. I don't think that the, they're the rule. You think those uh, those players from for, uh, foreign uh, from other lands are uh, are expensive? 
I honestly have no idea. But whatever he's figured out up there, again, I, I think that's the exception. You know, I yeah. think I think most big time or, or recruits, or I think most probably big time high school athletes, they want to play in front of fans and on TV, and they want to be the the big man on campus and all of that. Well, they can. <laughs> I guess if you go to BYU, you can do that. Uh, it's just that you go to other gyms, and most of them are not really what you had in mind. But B, the, the Marriott Center certainly fits that description. And look, BYU made this decision a decade ago, and they decided to uh, highlight their football team, and everybody else was just going to have to make do. That that they BYU sacrificed its other programs for football. That, they sure did. That's just there's no other way to describe it. And remember when that happened, Jake, you and I were talking about it and Dave Rose was over there. I can't believe this is happening. I, it's funny. I, I was going to bring that up because I will never forget the look on Dave Rose's face at that press conference <laughs> when they, they everybody was viewing it as this celebration, you know, like going independent and all this stuff. And you see the look on Dave's face like oh, this isn't so great for me. He was a good soldier. He didn't. I hear you, uh, brother. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't gripe about it. But his face said everything. Publicly. Yeah. His face said everything that day. All right. We're live here at uh, the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Come on by and say hello. Don't forget 86 East University Parkway, their Orem location. Not Sports Report is next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Ben Anderson is going to join us right around the corner, talk some jazz basketball. But right now, it's time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to Florida. But before we go to Florida, let me make a confession and see if you have ever done anything as dumb as what I just did. Okay. Okay. Today, for lunch, uh, Lisa had made some really good, like, uh, what is it, uh, sort of like uh, chicken corn chowder. And it was really good. But I decided I wanted to have a little more than what was available to me. So I took one of those microwavable soup containers out of the cupboard I was going to mix that in with the with the, the homemade soup, and I I was in a hurry, so I put it in the microwave and turned it on and and, and cooked it. But then I realized that I forgot to take the lid, the metal lid off. The did you container. start a fire? Well, I did not, and but I but nothing happened. What? No, well. Nothing happened. It didn't. It it it. You it just find science. I did it. I mean, and I, you know what I did? I threw it out afterward because I didn't know whether I had done, you know, if I'd done anything that might be. You didn't um, even eat it? I didn't eat it. I just got another one out of the cupboard and put that one in and made sure I took the, the inside lid off. Oh, you're but a Cosmo Kramer. Doesn't that, I do doesn't that in the that, neighborhood burns. There's not a chance I, I don't get away think, with that. Uh, I don't think that that was metal. 
Well, what is it on the top? It's one of those. You've seen those containers, haven't you? you, you it, it comes in sort of a whatever it is, and it's, it has the plastic lid on it. You take the plastic lid off, and then you pull the the, the, the metal uh, top off, and then put the plastic lid back on and put it in the microwave. Well, I just skipped that step. Well, I don't think it was metal. I really don't. I, I don't know. I, I, I have not consumed the product that you're talking about, but I've uh, left a very little tinfoil on something that went into the microwave, and, yeah, it, <laughs> it something happened. <laughs> so, well, nothing happened this time, so I, I just wondered, you know. It does have that little rim around it that it looks like it's kind of some sort of metallic thing, but I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's some kind of... But they say to take that lid off before you put it in the microwave. So I've always thought if you put any kind of metal container or any metal part into the microwave, then it starts sparking and smoking and flashing and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You've never done that? No, I just said I had. That's been my experience. And, and what happened? How bad was it? Bad enough that I opened the microwave. <laughs> you could hear it? I could see it. Okay. Well, do you always look at what's going on in the microwave when you're microwaving? I just put it in, turn it on, and walk away and come back when it's done. It was pretty immediate. Uh, it's not like it takes a half an hour to have the, the reaction okay. there. It, it happens pretty quick. All right. So here's my story. What do you think of Elon Musk? He's the richest man in the world. <laughs> do, you, do you trust him? No. No. Uh, do you think he's brilliant? Uh, I don't, I've never met the man. He sure seems smart to me. Now, I don't know if he's completely wise, but, uh, you know, that's for each uh, individual person to decide for himself. But uh, Elon Musk has an idea to ease uh, Florida's, uh, Miami's traffic problems. I've heard about this in Los Angeles before, and maybe you've heard about it, but it just, it really got me thinking about whether, how possible it would be. He wants to, he has a company that he's invested in called The Boring Company, and he wants to dig tunnels uh, underneath uh, the city. I think that's his original company, by the way. The I, I think Is that's it? where he got started, yeah. Well, he wants to do that in Miami. Now, there are some difficulties with this. One, it's quite expensive. And, of course, that expense would find its way into Elon Musk's pocket. But, you know, Miami, this isn't the sea level really high on that? I mean, I don't know. If they, if they dig down, aren't they going to run into water? And what happens if uh, the sea level continues to rise? Will all those, all those tunnels fill up? Isn't I'm sea asking, level I'm isn't isn't sea level just that? Isn't it sea level? Anyway, well, uh, I, I don't yeah. think the sea level is is particularly high in Miami. I think it's just sea level. But no, I, I well, understand. Well, yeah, yeah that's, you know what I mean. It's uh, it's at sea level, and so you're <laughs> digging down under the water level. Right. Well, I mean, you got the subway in New York. You know, they figure stuff out. Well, the mayor of Miami uh, says, uh, "Let's go for it. Let's do it." They want to do it. Apparently, the traffic problems in Miami are really, really tough. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just thought a whole, you know, I get subways and whatnot. But can you imagine an entire uh, sort of transportation system under your city? Sounds cool to me. 
I mean, could they do that in Salt Lake if the if the traffic ever gets? Because aren't they talking about the population along the Wasatch Front like doubling in the next decade or so, or t- maybe it's longer than that? Well, I, I I don't know. I probably it depends on what kind of rock the city sits on too. It probably determines how expensive it is if you're just digging in the sand. What kind of rock are we not- sitting on here? Granite, right? Or a lot of it, anyway. Yeah, like in the Rocky Mountains, uh, it's probably a little different than the <laughs> sandy bottom sand? that is Miami. Wait, isn't there a lot of sand down there, too? I mean, we have a city called Sandy. We're live at the warehouse in Salt Lake City, not Sandy, 1825 South, 300 West. Uh, also, their location, 86 East University Parkway down in Orem. And Christopher, yes, we do get those bad jokes all day. Uh, I don't know if you were wondering. <laughs> Wait a minute, what bad joke did I say? Do you think Sandy, the, the city was named after the 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 sand that it's on top of? I yes, don't know. yes, I think it is. It's not it's not named after a person. That's why you see the bench marks up on the mountain from old Lake Bonneville. Well, you know? Lake Bonneville is anyway. all salt. Beach, same thing. Uh, Sandy, I get it. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah. The beach was the beach. It used to be a beach. You see the beach. Anyway, I can always tell when Jake is absolutely disgusted by my not sports report because he doesn't react to it at all. He just moves on. I wasn't you, disgusted. I was moving on from your joke. I participated. It was. It wasn't even a joke. I didn't mean it to be funny. I just. It's a. It's a point of fact. How about this tunnel system in Sandy City only? I don't think we need is, to get into it. It's, that, let's not that, dig that. Let's not dig that deep. Okay. All right. Uh, Chris, let's make some deals. Let's boom out some deals. Well, we've been since we've been talking about adjustable beds. We've been getting a number of calls about specifically the Queen, that eight ninety nine nice. deal. Um, and I want to do a little package deal on that as well. That we normally sell upholstered or hardwood headboards in Queen for about two fifty, maybe three hundred bucks. Okay. Jake, just listen. Seventy-five bucks. You take your pick: hardwood or an upholstered queen headboard in that package. So, say you got, uh, you want to open an Airbnb or basement. You got people moving downstairs. You want to give them an adjustable bed for eight ninety-nine. Throw in a headboard. Make it a whole package for seventy-five bucks. That's awesome. That's really cool. And your father's going to be quite angry. He's going to be quite angry. I mean, that that deal specifically is only in our Orem store, so you got to go in. Go. To, uh, that's 86 East University Parkway. So go get that headboard deal down there. Not only that, just one more, just two quick more deals. I'm talking nightstands and wall hanging or dresser mirrors. Okay. Nightstands. Normally we sell them for about 199 if they're hardwood. Starting at you take your pick, 23 different styles. 49 bucks. Wow, really? Yeah. Let's talk about mirrors. Normally 79, 10 bucks. $10 for a mirror. For a mirror? For a mirror. That's a wall hanging or a dresser mirror. 10 bucks. That's amazing. Yep, there it is. Yeah, all right, boom. Take advantage of it. Christopher's wheeling and dealing. Uh, to your benefit, 86 East University Parkway down in Orem, 1825 South, 300 West here in Salt Lake City. Thanks, Christopher. Ben Anderson joins us next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.